let's talk about the numbers in your business. And they go, oh, I'm not a numbers person. Mm-hmm. And I go, hang on a second. When did you take on this identity? You're not a numbers person. Was it, I get it. You were trying to do multiplication three times seven. You couldn't figure it out. Your moms were shoving flashcards in your face. You cried because you couldn't do it. You failed the test. You're not a numbers person, but you're going to try to succeed in business now, but you're not a numbers person. Yeah. So this now through this whole life created these identities. Now here's where the secret sauce came in. I knew in my service company, as I started to grow it, got 20 employees, 50 employees, 75 employees that wait a second. The greatest way I could help them is to help them change their identity, invite them to a party to get rid of what we call resistance. Now, everybody that's dealing with a problem, Josh, they have a resistance. And the resistance normally stores inside the mind through their thoughts of some kind. And in order to change the resistance or remove it, just remember to grow anything inside your mind, one thought must die and another must be born. That is Mike Aguilero, founder of Gold Medal Service in New Jersey, founder of CEO Warrior, and now a brand new thing called Food Dog Group. Mike not only knows how to start and run insanely successful businesses, but also how to sell those businesses for a lot of money. For the last several years, Mike has been coaching other entrepreneurs to reach their own potential. And in today's episode, we go deeper, deeper into what is required within yourself in order to be the change agent for your business and your community. This is The Localpreneur Show where we share the conversations our agency has with local service companies that have determined to make a difference. They aren't just good at what they do, but more importantly, they impact their local communities as well as their own team members. And they do it in big ways. Hey man, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the show today. I think that those who are going to see this, it's it's literally going to change their perspective on a lot of areas in their business. And if you're watching right now at the top of this, you might not know what I mean. Hook in, stay here, and 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 hear this wisdom from my friend Mike. But before we jump in, Mike, I want you just to introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are. If they don't already know who Mike is, tell them who you are and why you're on this show, and then we'll get into our conversation. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Super excited that you're watching here. Mike Aguilera from New Jersey. And I do want you to stay with us the whole time, like Josh said, because I'm going to share a whole bunch of things with everybody, Josh, on one, how I went from somebody who probably maybe some of the cards were stacked against him as a young kid to building a $32 million service company, going from under a million to 32 million in less than a 10-year period, exiting and selling that company for what I would say at the moment, probably one of the top wins highest EBITDA multiples in a long time, and then creating an incredible organization to change the service industry called CEO Warrior. And then as we dig in things, I'm going to share what I'm doing today, which is all about Food Dog Group and transforming humanity. So Josh, let's dig in on this. Man, absolutely. So the the whole premise of this localpreneur show with this ridiculous name, I think we made that word up, localpreneur, is, and here's the thing. In, in the 10 years of the 
of Vital Storm's existence. And going back years before Vital Storm, when it was just me just kind of keeping a few guys fed with leads, I have found this common thread. We have found, my, my partner and I and our team, we have found this common thread between uh, that, that runs through the successful partners we've worked with. And Mike, you are one of those successful partners yeah. early on. I remember um, you were one of our first big uh, wins before uh, n- not counting people we already knew, right? And so right. When, when you're starting out in business, if you're lucky, your friends will bring you on and utilize your services and you really sharpen your tools there. I have been blessed in my life to have many of those friends and some of them are still partners of ours. And mm-hmm. Mike, I know you would be still a partner of Vital Storm if you hadn't sold your business. So, and shame on you for selling your business. No, I'm joking. That's the <laughs> point. That's, that's what this is all about, right? Getting to, you know, doing what you, what, the door opens, you walk through it. The next door opens, you walk through it. And you've done that many times. So one of the common threads that we found is that these organizations are obsessed with making an impact. They're obsessed with change. And they give back in very big ways to their local communities, uh, whether it's through free work that is done because the technician's out on a job and it's cold out. And this lady, there's no way she's going to be able to pay for it. And somehow your tech ended up there and he's not leaving because he, he, he knows she needs this work. I'm sure he or she has called in and said, Mike, or whoever the service manager is, we got to do something for them. I know you're the type of organization has done that hundreds of times over and over. I know that you guys have given back uh, to certain charities. I know that you've done work in your community. That's the very first thing. The second thing, and we'll get to this later is organizations like yours and other successful organizations are obsessed with and evoking change in their team members' lives. There are stories. I, I hear countless stories of folks who have come on as, a, as an apprentice or a tech or an accountant or a, a CSR, and they've fallen in love with, with the organization, and it has impacted their life for the better. Um, we happen to work with a lot of folks in the marketing departments because that's what we do. And it never ceases to amaze me when I get to talk to someone on the other end that's young and uh, was given a chance. And now they're managing millions of dollars that I know this person, as intelligent as they are right here today, they probably wouldn't have been given that chance if they had gone the typical route. But there's something about these successful service companies and their generosity and the opportunities that it makes for the people on their team that now they're growing faster than they would have grown if they'd gone the normal path that society says we, we, we should be going. So I'm going to stop setting this up and let's go back to that first question. And, and let's just start like this. And I know it's going to open up a whole can of worms and it's all going to be good. Mike, um, what are some of the things that stand out to you the most over the years as um, things that you've been able to do through your organization to give back to your community? Yeah, it's an awesome question. And, and Josh, let's look at organization first. And when people look at organization or group of people that work for you, I always say, well, that might be just one ring of many outer rings. The first organization is actually the organization of yourself. And you could only change other people at the level and ability of willing to change yourself. And then the second step is let's look at the next ring, which might be your family. And that's going to second change. See, everything is going to be a direct reflection of who you are. 
if your reflection is someone who helps grow themselves, grow their family, grow their community, then grow their organization, we don't yeah. look at it as an individual aspect. We look at it as this almost mini world of yeah. impact. So first, I want everybody to hear that piece. The second thing is when you are going and impacting, I'm going to share something I thought about, uh, Josh, a while ago was how do we make little impacts in people's organizations and how do we get the organization to recognize that someone else they're serving needs an impact? So one key point here, one thing that we did was and yes, we were an organization, Josh, that did sales because without sales, the machine don't run. That's right. Yeah. But I was so determined to make sure this word sales and selling was not used, but serving was used. Because if you create a culture and you see it, you're in the industry like me, if it's a culture of nothing but sell and close yeah. and, and people are out there serving customers with a sledgehammer, just trying to take what they can, <laughs> it's very hard to create that culture into recognizing Mrs. Jones is down on her luck. Yeah, it's famous Mr. called Jones. turn and burn, right? The whole turn and burn way yeah. we're all yeah. used to. Yeah, absolutely. So what I did was to get the culture, and this is going to, everybody better be grabbing a pen right now to write this down. We created something, Josh, called the SMILE program. And the SMILE program was to bring a smile to any type of person. Yeah. It could be in our organization where maybe an employee's down on their luck or, or maybe one of the team members are having a hard time, or maybe one of the team members have something amazing going. Sometimes we forget we're always uh, first to serve on a, on a bad situation, but what yeah. about first to serve on a great situation? Absolutely. Once we did that, Josh, what we did was we brought it to the culture and said, look, any house, any customer, any time, a matter of fact, I used to tell people, if you're in the bagel store getting a bagel and you meet somebody new and they're either down on their luck or something amazing is happening, let us know in the office and just say one simple thing. I want to send a smile to this person. I either want them to smile more or start to smile. Love that. So what happened was the culture started to say, okay, hey, I was just at Mrs. Jones and they lost their dog. And it's like, send a smile program. Oh, and all I did was I empowered my team. We had an amazing uh, person. She's still there, works at Gold Medal, last I heard, uh, Veronica. And I said, Veronica, look, they're going to send you these smiles and they're going to say they want to do it. And I said, you look at your heart and pick what you think would fit that situation. Oh, okay. That. And I didn't police it. I will tell you that I did get emails on all the smiles we sent. And the thing was, Josh, you have to get like thick emotional skin quick because <laughs> when there's great things like, oh, the daughter just got married and stuff. And that, like, that's fun stuff. Yeah. But what I found out was, unfortunately, we were hearing a lot more of the unfun stuff like, oh, no. Uh, dog had, you know, dog died or all of a sudden the, the husband's sick. And, and I'll share you, since we're talking about impact, let me share a couple stories with you. Yeah, um, dude, go for it, man. Just run. That I think are amazing. Yeah. So the one story is that the guy calls me up, uh, one of my service experts and says, 
hey, I, I hope you don't mind. I helped Mrs. Jones with something. I'll use Mrs. Jones, not to use the real name. And I never know what's going to come out. Because when you have 200 employees, you don't know what's coming next, right? You've experienced <laughs> everything from trucks flipping over to people stepping through ceilings. I know the world out there, a lot of the other successful people want to make it sound like they grew big companies, but no errors, no mistakes, right. no problems. <laughs> you know what, Josh? I had every error, every mistake, and every problem to, to learn from. So the guy says, uh, yeah, I did something to ask, what did you do? He goes, well, the customer's cat died. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh okay, should we send a smile? He goes, yeah, we should, but I helped her take care of it. We did a little burial and things. And oh, I was wow. like, burial, you got to tell me more about this. So he tells me how he took control of it and buried the thing and did all that. And I was like, wow. And then I started to realize how the culture was there changing. There it is. Now, Josh, listen to this story here. My guy, Again, they want to tell me the things they did after the fact. Yeah. So, uh, which is good because if you have an empowered culture of impacted people, they impact others and they're always yeah. going to go, as long as it's heart centered, Joey's going to be in a great place. So the guy calls me and he goes, Look, um, I was at Mrs. Jones' house today. When I got there, she's crying. Um, elderly woman, she's hysterical crying. And I said, Well, what happened to her? He goes, She's crying to me and she says, look, my husband's in the hospital. He's ready to die any minute. Oh, anyway, this is, this is probably maybe eight years ago. Um, okay. And I said, oh my goodness. And she goes, he said, and she can't go to the hospital because she has an adult son, but he has some handicap issues and stuff and he can't be left alone. But he's self-sufficient. He could take care of himself and stuff, but someone has to be there with him. Yeah. So I said, what did you do? He goes, well, you're, I don't know if you're going to like what I did next. I'm like, well, you already tell me you did something. Just tell me what you did. Yeah. He goes, I told her, look, I, I'll watch your son go to the hospital. I got to work here anyway. I'm a father. I have children. If you're comfortable, I'm comfortable. So the woman runs to the hospital. She comes back a couple hours later. She's hysterical crying. And he, he gives her a hug and says, what is, is everything work out? She goes, yeah, I got to see him. And I got to talk to him right before oh, he passed away. Good. Oh, man. Chill's talking about it now. And uh, I said, that's amazing you did that. And I said, of course, I'd like you to kind of give me a, a little bit of what's happening, why it's happening. <laughs> but what's the price on that impact for that person? It's priceless. It, you cannot measure that. It's priceless. And that's how we started because to make impact, you have to first impact yourself, then the ability to impact others, then teach others how it's okay to keep impacting. Yeah. And that's why we had our service guys, even if they were, I told them like, when you go in inside a bagel store, you're getting a deli sandwich, you see someone, they look nice. You know what? Buy them, buy them a sandwich, buy them their thing. Just charge me and say, hey, I just wanted to give you a smile today. And I said, just do it as a random gift of kindness. Yeah. And I said, it always comes back anyway. Don't do it because it comes back. Do it because it's the nice thing to do. Because when you, it's the butterfly effect, right, Josh? Oh, yeah. That butterfly in the middle of ocean flaps its wings. It makes a little, little ripple, but then it turns into a tsunami. So if you show an act of kindness, they'll bring it forward. So I hope that helps some listeners. Oh, wow. So a little bit of programming note. Let's go back. And uh, you mentioned it too. 
as you started, I almost interrupted you and said, hey, everybody, get your your note out, pen and paper, um, because you you were, I mean, there's some really powerful stuff here. This this should be turned into a course, quite honestly. And, and maybe we'll do so, and, and Mike, we'll sell it. We'll make a ton of money. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. You mentioned a couple of things I want to go back to. The first thing is uh, you have to impact yourself. I, I We need to unpack that a little bit here. Impact yourself first then start impacting others and then let everyone know it's okay to continue impacting others. And one thing that before we go to that is you said this a couple of times, you empowered your people, you gave them the power to, to make these decisions. And here's the thing about empowering people is you can give them a budget. You can tell them, Hey, I want you to do this, do it this way. But if they don't, if they're not left alone to make their decisions, then they're just coming back to you. And, and there's people watching right now. They're like, you know what? We put these programs in, in place, but selfishly, I had to end it because everyone was coming to me asking for permission. And I had 50 people coming to me. Hey, Josh, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do And I'm just like, oh my God, like I, I thought we were doing something good and you're driving me crazy. You have to empower people and not to make the decision. And not only that is what a great way to teach people to, t- to be accountable to their decision-making and come back to you and say, hey, Mike, I saw yeah. this thing. I went ahead and did it, and I felt like I should let you know. That is um, in- incredible as an entrepreneur when you know you have folks on your team that you have trained up well that, that, that behave that way, and then, yeah. you know you, then you know you're, you're heading in the right direction. So I'd like for you to unpack a, lo- unpack a little bit about how you got those folks to make decisions uh, but then let's also, I, maybe I'm throwing too much here. I also want to hear from you on, re, help us uh, who are watching this. How do we impact ourselves? How, how do we be, be okay with that? And, and what does that actually look like? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really awesome. Let's, let's unpack some of this, Josh. So first off, you can't empower anybody. Um, you could maybe motivate them. Yeah. And, and, but they have to want to be motivated, but you know, there's what there's called force motivation. Like if I pull out a Glock and start shooting it over your head <laughs> um, and, and bullets are flying, you'll get motivated, to get your ass out of the way. Yeah, right? real quick. What you want to do, and I'm going to share with you the secret sauce. I'm going to share it with everybody. I don't right. even know how much I've even shared this uh, even over the last 70 years of growing one of the top training and implementation organizations on the planet is I invited people to empower themselves. Hey, okay. That's what I did. I invited them. And the way that I invited them was saying, let me share with you the model of me, the model that I like of me, the model that I changed of me, the model that I'm still working on changing. And what I found out was this distinct thing. Everybody has an identity. They do. And their identity is is made up of the big pot of life soup that they've been cooking. Some of the soup, they got to put their own ingredients in. They go to a training. They go to help improve themselves. They put it in the soup. Some of the soup ingredients were shoved in there because as a child, they were told um, they're good, they're not good, uh, they're gifted. And it's so subtle what happens. I remember, like, just use this example. 
Okay. Your kids in school. Now I've chose to homeschool my kids almost their whole life because I didn't want people. Wow, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want them uh, creating my kids into what I knew they could become. I wanted to help impact that. But look at this. Your yeah, kids in that. school sitting at the table drawing. The 20 year old teacher walks by and goes, Oh, Lisa, you're an amazing artist. <laughs> and the kid goes, Oh, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Walks next and goes, Hey, Billy, you're doing pretty good. Keep working at it. Yeah. Now, Lisa becomes an artist and Billy thinks he's a failure because he didn't get Lisa. So that's a little bit of recipe put in the soup. Yeah. And if you ask adults, I bet you've seen this because you've done a lot of training. You've had a lot of team. You tell people, go to the chalkboard or to the whiteboard and draw something. And they go, hey, I'm not an artist. And I go, of course not, because your teacher gave that to you three decades ago oh, it made you feel inferior next to another person yes something's wrong with me i can't do as well as as others at this yep yeah let me give you the one in in most business and i use this myself please everybody listening know something whatever i'm sharing with you i had the problem and worked hard to get past it i know a lot of people they come they wear their suit and ties they're like i've been perfect my whole life that's not me <laughs> they go like this you say Let's talk about the numbers in your business. And they go, oh, I'm not a numbers person. Mm -hmm. And I go, hang on a second. When did you take on this identity? You're not a numbers person. Was it, I get it. You were trying to do multiplication three times seven. You couldn't figure it out. Your moms were shoving flashcards in your face. You yes. cried because you couldn't do it. You failed the test. You're not a numbers person, but you're going to try to succeed in business now. But you're not a numbers person. Yeah. So this now through this whole life created these identities. Now here's where the secret sauce came in. I knew in my service company, as I started to grow it, got 20 employees, 50 employees, 75 employees that, wait a second. The greatest way I could help them is to help them change their identity, invite them to a party to get rid of what we call resistance. Now, everybody that's dealing with a problem, Josh, they have a resistance. And the resistance normally stores inside the mind through their thoughts of some kind. Yep. And in order to change the resistance or remove it, just remember to grow anything inside your mind, one thought must die and another must be born. Now that's easier said than done because people would run around and tell me, I'm a very positive person, Josh. I'm very positive. I met a lot of very positively nasty humans in my life. They were very positively nasty. Yeah. And I've met a lot of people that they would say, well, they're very negative, but I would say they're, they're only negative on some things. So when you look at this, the, the art of empowering, you can't empower anybody. You can invite them to the ability to consider a new change. Mm -hmm. And some of these things that have been put in the recipe of soup, um, it's not as easy to get rid of. Uh, if you look at today and we did a survey, it might be a fun thing. I don't know if I'd have to say, do you know a friend? If you look at trauma, stress, yeah. anxiety, depression, you look at all these things. Almost everybody's fighting with one aspect of something here. Yeah. But what is it? It's something that was delivered into you that you're, you don't know how to get rid of. That's why if we just look at identity and say, the minute, look, if you had a kid 
Um, and watch how identity changes, Josh. This is crazy. When you're, when you're a kid and you're three years old, you tell everybody in that kid, you could be the president of right. the world. Yeah. You tell yeah. this kid. Yeah. And then the kid hits 12 years old. He wants to do nothing but video games. And you go, you're never going to be the president. I'm just hoping you get a job someday. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. And then what, a, what a change. What a change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now your parents are helping change your identity based on what they see. And they don't even realize that, you know, any conflict you have with your kids is probably a reflection of you of some kind yeah. that's been happening. Because, you know, when I look at uh, my son and I having a conversation, if if we have a disagreement, it's almost like I'm talking to myself in the mirror. He's been watching me his whole life. He's been yeah. communicating. He always, uh, all kids want to eventually say the opposite of their parents so they could be right. that reverse reflection. So I hope that helps with the listeners because if you take one thing to write down here, write down the term identity, identity. And someone told me many, many years ago, a friend of mine, Todd said, you know what, Mike, you cannot build a million dollar business with, with a hundred thousand dollar thinking or mind. Right. Yes. And I said, whoa, he goes, you can't build a $10 million business with a million dollar thinking. And I said to him, I said, well, what do you need to do if you're a million dollars? He goes, you need to get to thinking like a $10 million company as fast as you can and embody that identity. Now that doesn't mean for all the people listening, you need a uh, Lamborghini, <laughs> you have to walk around with fancy clothing, fancy shoes and fancy cars. It means you have to step into what are the behaviors, the habits, the patterns, the thinking, right. the strategicness, the tacticalness? Look, that's the only reason I, I grew I grew to 32 million. There's a lot of people listening to this. They're going to go, oh, that was good. Good job, Mike. I'm 100 million. Well, yeah, I could have went to 100 million too if I was more worried about just Josh changing my own life and not changing an industry. Yeah. When yeah. I hit that, to go from 32 million to 100, look, you know the game. You've, you've helped me. Vital Storm was one of my secret weapons. I always told people there was only a couple of them. It was Vital Storm, um, used you guys for all the paper and stuff. Uh, Wit Digital, Steven yeah. used him, he's secret love weapon. A yeah. bill from Print Fast, secret weapon. Tom yeah. Johnson, secret weapon. These yeah. are my secret weapons. And you know, how many times did I have all of you on a call together? Because yeah. You weren't a vendor to me. Yeah. You were a partner with me. Absolutely. Now we didn't, I didn't share equity. You didn't get a win when I sold, even though maybe <laughs> you should have gotten that, something. <laughs> maybe you're waiting for it. But what you did get was collaboration with us. So if people could just think about this identity, say, and, and it's the same story, Josh, you hear it's like, I'm the best service company in the world. And I go, okay, but you're. You've been doing 2 million a year for five years. And then they always get like, I always say this and anybody listening, you, you will always have probably a slight love hate with me. Yeah. You'll love my information, but you're going to hate that I'm feeding you NyQuil, the, the <laughs> truth, right? And, and the person says, I'm 2 million. I said, how long have you been 2 million? Oh, about three, four years. And I said, well, your service sucks. Oh. We're the best. We use the best fittings and the best blah, blah, blah. And they go off and off and off. And I go, let me explain something to you that no one else wants to tell you. A byproduct of incredible over-the-top service is growth. You can't restrict it. Yeah. It is growth. 
So if you're not growing, guess what? You suck somewhere. And, and the theory is, Josh, everybody answers this thing. They say, you know, Mike, if you're not growing, you're dying. I go, okay, that's a fancy phrase. Congratulations. Yeah. Here's the new phrase in this world today. Okay. If you're not growing, you're dead. You haven't even realized it yet. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They're going to have to watch that. I always tell everybody when they hear, hear interviews like this, they should listen to it two, three times, yeah. run it on a slower speed so they could keep up, transcribe it so they get the notes. And, and don't make this entertainment, everybody, with Josh and myself. Um, when people listen to things and leave with no action items, it's entertainment. That's right. fun, but it don't move you forward. Yeah. Make this strategic and tactical. Listen to it and go, okay, I should implement a smile program. I should look at my team's identity. I should look at my identity. I should really embrace how do I empower myself to empower them. Make as many action items, just check them off one by one from this interview right here. Absolutely. And Mike, you're talking a lot about mindset. And, you know, I think it was in the power of the habit um, where I learned that in order to break a habit, literally in your mind, you have to break those, those connections in your brain and form new ones, which tells me when you change a habit, your brain literally physically changes shape. Like the, 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 the physical shape of your brain yeah. changes every habit you form and every habit you change. And I believe the same is probably true with the limiting beliefs that, that you are, that you were addressing. We all carry these limiting beliefs, whether it's, we were told when we were young that we're not good at something, or yeah. we heard that someone was better than us, or an entrepreneur out there believes that, man, he or she is just really good at their skill set, their talent, their product, but they just, they're not a numbers person. Not a, yeah, those are all limiting beliefs that are going to keep us back. And, 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 and even when we are thinking of how we can impact change in other people's lives, if we can't, if we can't allow ourselves to change, we're going to stunt the, the ability to change others. That's, yeah, that's, and, and, you know, Josh, people have to understand, first off, they say mindset. Mm -hmm. The real issue is mind growth. Because if you pour concrete in your mind, it sets and then it's stuck there. What people really want is not another mind set that's stuck. They want mind growth, the ability to ascend and expand. Yeah. And Great. when you think about these limiting beliefs, because everybody talks about them today yeah. and they think that talking about them changes them. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change them. But you first, here's the first step for everybody. You have to understand how it gets created. Mm -hmm. When I was young, I tell a story all the time. And I, I picked up a quarter on the ground and I was like, mom, mom, look, I found a quarter. Yeah. She said, oh, that's really, really good. Now go wash your hands. Money is dirty. Dirty. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. You think the listeners go, okay, well, that was good. You were a young kid. Uh -huh. Just remember every thought, every yeah. emotion, every feeling, every touch, every taste, every sound is built into your little CD player inside you, which yes. means that thing's playing. Look at the recession. I changed. I made it through. Well, first off, like a lot of listeners and yourself, I made it through 9-11, recessions, Gulf Wars, all kinds of stuff. 
But let's look at the one major recession of 2008, which was looked at as close to the great, almost like a, I think they even under, if you do a study of, um, which everybody should do, if you look up, tell me all the recessions from the beginning of time, you'll find out how far they go, they're cycled, and there's a story behind them. That one was like called the Great Depression almost. And when I looked at that, I said, how, how do we survive something like that? And I said, oh, I got it. It's going to be so simple. I'm going to tell everybody here right now, Josh, because eventually we'll hit another recession. It's not if, it's when. Right. And it's never, you're only scared when you're scared for things you're not prepared for That's and you don't understand, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So I went to my team and I said, look, you know that there's turbulence, things are happening. I was always transparent. I would stand in front of my hundreds of employees, tell them when I'm having a good day and tell them when I didn't sleep all night because my kids were vomiting. I, I always shared everything openly. <laughs> and I said to them, here's what we're going to do, Josh. We're not going to participate in this. There you go. I refuse to participate in this, and I'm inviting all of you to refuse too. A matter of fact, everybody, here's the world, here's us, and we create our own economy. There you go. We're the creators of it. And we never, in my whole career, I never had a flat year, I never had a down year, and the minimum amount we made was an extra million a year. Now today, Josh, I'm sure like you, like, and I hope this doesn't, uh, this doesn't offend anybody You go, oh, well, I grew my company, you know, $10 million last year. And I go, congratulations. If I was doing it today with the technology, the amount of customer, I would grow it 20 million in a year. <laughs> I don't want to tell you not kudos and pat you on the back, but by people who have done it and understand today, it's not as impressive. Now, for those of you that are listening and struggling, well, this should be hope, not not aggravation for you. It should no. be hope because right. when there's somebody that did it and you believe, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I don't, I probably could mention his name, but I, I won't because I don't know. But I went to visit someone's shop when I was very, very small in Pennsylvania, okay? He was electrical only at the time. So if this person listens to us, he'll know it's him and I'm always honored for this time, but I won't mention his name. Awesome. We went there and I, wow, Josh, the most amazing, it was a small little shop. Everybody in this office was wearing ties and button down shirts. You'll probably know, recognize who it is soon yeah. enough. Yeah. And you could lick the floor, so clean. I mean, it was amazing. And I spent the day there. All of a sudden this guy pulls out this piece of paper and it's his, it's his paycheck from the year before. Oh, wow. And it's over $300,000. And I go, oh my goodness, that's <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. That's and awesome. so he, I was so excited. He spent the day with us. He shared all kinds of stuff. And on the way home, I'm driving with my partner. And, and as I'm driving, I said to him, I said, you know, look, first off, I hope when this person listens, he's not offended by it. I said, yeah. they're okay electricians. But like, we were really good, really good. We had our electrical license. We had our inspector's license. I mean, we, we mastered the art of in the electrical industry, residential, commercial, industrial, we mastered it. And I said, if they can do that and we have this level of skill set, what could we build? Right. 
And then we went from under a million to 32 million in 10 years. Uh, we did build larger than that individual. Mm-hmm. We were in an organization. We outgrew every one of the founding fathers in that organization. And what I found out was, you know what? There's one part of the formula, Josh, that no one tells you. And this is what moved me at this stage of my life to this focus point. Get your pens out, people. Yeah. I figured out this. Yes, marketing, sales, operations, systems, you need all that. That That all helps. But if you look at the aspect of, Josh, of a life wheel, okay, of everything that's involved. And if you look at your business as, say, career and work as like one little, uh, one little spoke of that, uh-huh. most people, they put all their time into that, their whole life trying to be successful, struggling. And then I said, well, wait a second. In the last couple of years, I went back and started studying myself. How did I struggle? How did I break through? I've been on my own since I'm 15. Like what, what made me struggle for almost 12 years, running in a van, climbing in attics, saying that this is life. I can't hire people. It's funny right now you hear everybody. They're like, can't hire people. Can't. And I go, yeah. do you know how many people are on planet earth? You know how silly it sounds to say you can't hire people. There's people, there's an abundance of humans on earth. You just don't have the skill set to do it yet. So if we look at that work or that business, and I said, well, wait a second, I focused on my health, 39 years, martial arts now, never stop. Fun and recreation. I made sure I always had fun with my family and with my beautiful wife since we're 15 years old. That's we have incredible. two amazing kids, 22, 22-year-old strong as heck son runs his own virtual martial arts and helps people get in shape and focus. My daughter, 19, runs her own virtual yoga business. And then I started saying, well, wait, people don't even focus on the environment they live in, or they don't focus on their contribution to helping others, or they don't focus on their family and friends. They don't focus on their partner. They don't focus on growth and learning. They don't focus on their uh, belief or their spiritual belief for it. And they don't focus on the understanding of abundance and prosperity. And I said, wait a second, you know where in order to 10X anything in your life, you have to 20X yourself. And what I found out is when you balance the other nine and get those moving, growing a business is so simple. It really is. Because look at all the time you waste. And, and I, I'll, I'll sink my, I'll put a stake in the ground and make my point. When you have a relationship and all of a sudden you have a problem in your relationship, you're arguing, you're fighting, you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Do you think about your business at all? No, you don't care anything about your business. When you're fighting with health problem, a situation, you don't feel good. You got the flu or this other stuff. Do you think about your business? You just think of healing. Right. Wait a second. What about if we optimized the other nine pieces of your life? See, there's no, everybody that's running around, all these people wrote the books, it's life, business, balance. No, no, no. It's life and everything in it. There's no, business can't exist for you without your life. So it's life, life balance, okay? And it's really life's optimization. Now, some of you are listening and go, oh, I don't want to hear this. Mike, can you tell me? how to convert better. Everybody's all excited about, uh, tell me how to convert and raise my average. And 
you know, what no one's telling people is you could sell yourself on channel seven news. You could also sell yourself into a, a unscalable system that will implode. You, you, now look, serving's important, making money is important. Mm-hmm. You balance those, Josh, boom, everything takes off. And that's what I figured out. I've always went back. Martial arts has always been a core thing for me. I've always focused on mind, body, and spirit. And I made sure that I was always optimizing each area of that. So anybody listen to this, if you want to have a business that scales grow, and when we say scale and grow, uh, Josh, everybody at point they hit, I've nailed it down. I think it's roughly right around 40 years of age. This is the first step when you start to contemplate uh, legacy. Yeah. And it, it's it's the first seed. I it's almost like it's been embedded in you and it's like a time clock and it goes click. You should start thinking about legacy. And it, it's 40 all the time because people reach out to me today and uh, you know, I'm on a board level role with uh the company CEO Warrior Bill and then I have this company uh Food Dog where we help people optimize those nine areas and I say you got to understand when people call me I I go like this okay, you're roughly around 40-ish. They go, how do you know? I said, because when you hit that that timeline, you start saying to yourself, there's gotta be more to this. And when I disappear from the earth, let's circle back to what you started with. What impact did I make? Right. And that's what it was for me. Look, a $32 million company, okay. I helped a lot of customers. We did plumbing, heating, cooling, electric, drain cleaning, one-day bathroom solutions, indoor. We did over a million dollars indoor air quiet. Congratulations. I helped a lot of people in their home. I didn't impact those people. I made them safer, but that it wasn't changing the world. It was changing their little home. It wasn't, it wasn't impacting that was going to keep rippling forward. Mm-hmm. I knew that because at that age, what started to transition me into legacy. And let me, can I stretch everybody's mind real quick? Please just run, okay. man. I don't know if they could handle this, but I'm going to give it to them. <laughs> All right. So a lot of people, what they do is they're thinking, Josh, um, okay, so what does my next 10 years look like? And yeah. that's, that's pretty easy for people to think out 10 years. They add it to their age. They say, you're saying, you know, in 10 years, I'm going to uh, impact more people. I'm going to live in this place. I'm going to yeah. travel these. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Well, let's like stretch a little bit more for those listening. What about a hundred years? Huh. Now, two things happen when you think a hundred years, some of you already said you're dead and that has now become your belief. So you're <laughs> yeah. like, I'm dead. I'm 40. I'm 140. I'm dead. And so that stretches people a little bit further. Yeah. What about this? What if you thought, and this is where everybody, you want to write this down, but some of you aren't going to be able to handle it. So maybe save it for the future. What about a thousand years out? What if you said this, this conversation here, this one alone, if we went a thousand years in the future and backtracked to the, everybody that listened to this episode yeah, that created impactors, that shifted their identity, their identity shifted, shifted their kids, shifted generations. And you look back. Now people go, you know what? My friend actually said to me, Josh, she goes, not even you think you'll live a thousand years, do you? And I said, well, I don't know what your belief is on a soul, but I don't know. 
I think maybe it's longer. And then he goes, I can't talk to you about this stuff. I said, that's fine. <laughs> There's a company in Japan, Josh, um, Kongo Gumi. Okay. This company was 1,443 years old. Oh, gosh. No, wait a second. Everybody's impressed about Sears, uh-huh. Macy's. These companies have been around for hundreds of years. I said, okay. Uh, but what about a company that's been around for 1,443 years? Unbelievable. Now, all of a sudden, anybody that's listened to this that has companies they're handing down the family or their generational companies, all of a sudden, you've been around for 100, and we worked with some great companies, been around over 100 years. Now, all of a sudden, you go, wait a second. What about if what we're doing is setting a stage for 1,000 years? Now, I don't know if you're going to be doing uh, your trades on Mars or yeah. other planets. I'm thinking if you're going to, It'd probably be good if you're the first plumber on Mars or first collector. That sounds like an opportunity to me. Matter of fact, I'll say it here. It'd be interesting, Josh, if anybody does it. This would be a great marketing piece is we have made the commitment to be the first trade company on uh, Mars and the moon. And all of a sudden, like, how would that take off? You say, yeah, we're gonna. We're already got prototypes for the type of service vehicles we're going to travel to. like, And some people will think you're crazy, but maybe not Elon Musk and maybe not people that are doing space travel every day. Because the coolest thing is, you know, if you look, uh, come on, you know, you know, if I still own gold metal, my parts would be being delivered by uh, drones and things. Some of that's already happened in the world, but you're going to see, it's going to be the Jetsons, man. You're going to look outside and be like, and you're going to go, Okay, that's, that's, some people are scared and others say evolution and ascension is going to happen. Yeah. And within evolution, ascension, ready for everybody, within evolution and ascension of self is the first opportunity because uh-huh. then you can see all the opportunities around you. That's why I've invested in, and at one time, Josh, I had seven seven coaches at one time. That's the most I ever had at one time. They go, seven coaches. Wow. Oh, it must've been a lot of business. Yeah, there was some business, um, but I had a spiritual coach. I had a health coach. I had a relationship coach. You know, I had every uh, martial arts coach I had. And when I looked back, I went, holy mackerel. I had coaches in almost every aspect of a life wheel. Yeah. You don't stay with, uh, look, I, you don't stay with your wife since you're 15, if you didn't grow together, if you didn't start uh, to to think different ways together, if you didn't have good conversation, you you don't. Same thing with your children. And look, there's no perfect book. So please understand, I don't have the book like come here and unlock this book, Right. right? I don't have that. But what I do have is three decades of learning what not to do. There you go. In the world of business, relationship, health, uh, spiritual belief and connection. Like I have all of those things over three decades of it with real life experience. I always tell people, uh, I'll give you this story and then I'll open it up for you. The, you don't want to go to someone who's not fit to learn fitness. No kidding. (laughs) When I was a kid, I only, I only failed one class. I went to a vocational school, maybe like a lot of people here. And um, I actually graduated salutatorian, which is second. 
which sounds impressive, but it really wasn't because I was the only one that never did drugs, right? So everyone else in vocational school was, you know, on some kind of smoking too much or drinking too much of, of something. <laughs> yeah. But the only class I failed was gym. And my mom had to come meet the gym teacher. And uh, she said, why did you fail? I said, I have such a problem. Now I was already trained in martial arts. I said, I have a problem. This guy he can't, he's so unfit. So he's not, oh, and he's wow. teaching this. So my mom walks down the hall with me and we meet this person. She goes, Hey, I'm looking for the gym teacher. And it's this big guy, big belly. And he goes, I'm the gym teacher. And she goes, no. And he goes, yes, I am. And she goes, now I see her thinking like, come on, what kind of model is this guy yeah. showing? Right. And so I think there's so many of these people in the world it's like these uh, these gurus uh, that have they built a company to five million and they're trying to say they could teach someone to go to thirty million. No, yeah. look, you, you yeah. can't. You didn't even figure out how humans think. <laughs> yeah, you've got to walk there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's that whole thing where people say those who can't coach. Um, I, I think that has some that has some merit in some areas, but not very many, honestly. Yeah, you know? very few. Not very many. You, you have to have walked the path uh, or you certainly have to know what it costs to be on that path because you're going to be looking people in the eye and, and, and encouraging and motivating and coaching them to go down that path. Uh, man, what, what aptitude as a, how old were you when you were failing gym class? What, say that again? How old were you in that story with your mom when you failed? That was, I was 15. 15. The just if my 15 year old came to me and first said I'm failing gym class, I would be like, What are you kidding me? What is happening here? There's nothing more simple than gym class. But yeah. for him to come back and say, But dad, you need to see this character that's leading. Right. I might even be a little bit like, Hey, son, that's disrespectful. You need to, but then going up there like your mom did, she believed in you, man. And she went up there and she saw this and she realized. Yeah, this is a joke. This is a joke. And you know what? Some parents, and not to knock parenting styles here, but some parents might have still have even been embarrassed or upset with their child. But for your mom to be able to look in and go, you know what? This might not matter to most 15-year-olds, but it matters to him. And this is really going to matter when he's older in life. For Your mom was looking yeah. years down the road too, apparently. I don't know much about your mom, but I might, I might assume that she was also looking ahead for you and going, wow. Mike's yeah. Mike's he's he's on to something here and that's a great point when you look at talk Josh about identity and stuff um you know I learned my son has some really neat interpretations of the world wow. that are very different than my interpretations okay. and I learned that and 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 I hope um everybody here writes this down I started to become more curious and less judgmental. Now, I was definitely brought up to be a very judgmental person, uh, you know, looking at people for everything that I thought was a fault in them because it didn't match up my paradigm. Mm -hmm. When I became curious, all of a sudden the world started to open up and I started to say, well, okay. And as I became curious, I learned something that, and this might shock a few people, like <laughs> there is no, there is no like right and wrong. There's no positive, negative. There's only the definition you choose to give it. 
And I always use the same thing, uh, especially when we were doing big events and stuff, I'd say, hey, a tsunami comes in and it like wipes out a whole village, positive or negative. And they go, negative, people die. And I go, okay, but wait a minute, since that happened, they figured out how to put alarms and, and measurements and evacuation. So now is it positive or negative? Because if this happened 10 years from now, it would have killed 10 million people. And I go, well, maybe it was positive. And then conflict happens. The ultimate tug of war, they don't know if the disaster that happened was positive or negative. Yeah. So if you look at it as not positive or negative, as just a thing and say to yourself, how do I live within the thing? How do I, then all of a sudden you're not running around telling everybody, it's the same thing in this COVID world, right? Somebody yes. tells me one, they want to take this thing. Someone else says they don't. And I said, perfect. That both That's worlds are, are, are correct for you yeah. as long as you're okay. And then, um, then you don't have what is called, and people don't even realize, Josh, the last couple of years, I was really on it. You know, everybody wants to talk about this segregation stuff, right? Segregation. I said, do you realize uh, in the space I've been in, blue collar, white collar, that's been one of the largest segregations ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, the world, now I'm glad, I, I believe that I made a huge impact on not making blue collar, blue collar, but making people better people for them and their families, because that's the most important thing for me, especially when um, at CEO Warrior, when I was helping build that, now I'm on a board roll over there. When I was building that, I did not want wealthy people with diabetes. I didn't want wealthy people divorced. Some of the largest service companies out there that people are impressed with, yeah, it's a great company. And the guy's divorced. So you say to yourself, now look, I'm not saying that divorces shouldn't happen. I'm not saying that everything works out. But I'm saying, was it worth that sacrifice? And where did it get lost along the journey? And it is in the end, do you go, well, it was all worth it? Or do you say to yourself, I don't know, maybe think a little different. I hope the, look, I'm not here to tell anybody that's listened to this um, how to think. I'm just giving you ideas on what to consider that can enhance and optimize you as a person. Because if you optimize you, everything's easier. Everything's easier. That's, that's what I learned over all these decades of training and coaches over literally, Josh, if I didn't spend, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that's bullshit. Call me out on it. I'll prove it. Over $2.7 million in my own education over the last 15 years. Now people go, well, that's crazy. Okay, well, I built two huge empires. I I had acquisitions and deals on two huge empires. I've impacted a whole lot of people's lives. And would you be willing to invest that to do that for the world? And I go, oh yeah, I'd do that. Of course, it sounds silly because of where you're at today. Mm -hmm. And I would tell anybody, listen to this. Yeah, invest in your your business education, but invest in the education that you're missing to make you next level superhuman for yourself. Yes. Otherwise you're gonna get stretched so thin. And I always tell people, um, are you selling because you hate it or selling because there's an opportunity? And and most of the time they're selling because they hate it. They can't take it no more. Getting out of the business, can't do it, yeah. Yeah, it's a you problem. It's not a business problem. When I sold gold medal, I, I didn't sell it because I couldn't take it no more. Yeah. I sold it because 
I couldn't impact the world the way I wanted. And I was already impacting the service industry and I was watching the impact. And, you know, you've been at my events and I was watching the impact we were making there and saying, okay, so, all right, I grow this a little more. My salary goes up another million. Okay. Congratulations. Because remember all of you thinking now I planted a seed for you, the legacy uh, seed. What are, what are you on the last days going to look back and you're not going to say, what did I get? You're going to say, what impact did I make? And that's going to be the moment where you say, it's okay that I drift into the other, whatever you believe in heaven or whatever your beliefs are. You know, at that moment, you'll go, I can go because I've impacted this world, this earth, these people, boom, you're going to be great. But if you go and say, well, I had big houses, big funds, big money, and Mm -hmm. I didn't impact people, maybe you'll feel great. I don't know. I just... I read so many things about people when they're, you know, hitting those last days and, and it always comes back to what you're sharing. That's why I think these, these episodes are going to be so amazing is because it comes back to what, what did you change in the world? You know, I, I, I absolutely love that, that Mike, we, we've been going on for an hour, man, we could keep yeah. going. And by the way, we should stop because they, they should be paying for this free information, this free <laughs> advice that is coming uh, out of you right now, man. But, you know, you, you reminded me of one story when I was a kid. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I fell asleep in the living in our living room with the TV on. It must have been summer. So my parents just didn't care and whatever. And I woke up in the middle of the night and there was an infomercial on. And I don't remember the guy's name. I can still remember his face. He's this bald guy. <laughs> and he was telling his viewers, um, that you don't have to accept everything you hear. Our brain processes the information that comes into our ears. But if we allow it to go these 12 inches to, we, we allow it to go 12 inches into our heart. And when we accept it, whatever, whether it's true or false, positive or negative, we accept that it becomes truth and reality to us. And we get the choice. We get to choose. I am not going to receive that. That is, that is not my thought. That's not yeah. my opinion. That's not, I am not going to believe that truth. Now, I'm not talking about we put our head in the sand about our business when it's in trouble. What I mean is we're not going to allow the things we heard on the news or the things we heard yeah. our third grade teacher say, we're not going to allow the things we, the lies we tell ourselves to dictate who we're going to be from this day forward as we move on. Yeah. And here we are on a show that's talking about giving back And you've brought us to this very important truth of we can't make the impacts in this world that we desire to make unless we can allow ourselves to be released from the prison of those limiting beliefs, those untruths, those things that we allow to hold, those restrictions. You said it. Remove the restrictions. Remove the resistance is, I believe, how you said it. And we, if if we want to make a big difference in this world, it starts right here. In, yeah. in, in this, the heart in our own chest and, and, and the, the brain in our can own. I share, can I share one last thing before we go? Yeah, end it out. I know end, they'll end, listen. End They've been listening a long time. They're going to listen to this episode. <laughs> I'm, I came here, uh, Josh, not only to serve you uh, for your friendship and thankful for what you've done for me, but also serve everyone that listens. And I know yeah. this is going to change lives. Let me give you my version of the genie in the bottle story. Yes, please take do. Take a minute. So you find this, uh, this little genie's lantern mm-hmm. and you rub it, Josh, and all of a sudden this big genie comes out. Yeah. 
and the genie says to you, Josh, I will give you as many wishes as you want, as long as I know you cannot give it to yourself. And the genie goes back in the bottle and you go, okay, here's what we're going to do. So Josh rubs it. It's the on genie now. comes out and Josh says, genie, I would like a couple hundred million dollars. Yeah, why not? And the genie says, Josh, I told you I could only give you a wish that I know you cannot give oh. yourself. A sucker goes back in the bottle and you go, okay, oh. all right, maybe, maybe this genie's correct. So I'm going to go bigger. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I know you rub it and this genie comes out, Josh. And the genie says, yes, Josh. And he goes, here's what I want to do. I want to impact the world. Uh -huh. And the genie goes, Josh, I told you, I can only grant you a wish that you cannot grant yourself. Wow. And the that genie goes back in the bottle. So congratulations on impacting the world, my friend. I'm, I'm super proud of you for yeah. doing this show and helping so many people. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much, man. And look, we're going to have you come back because we need yes. to hear what's going on with Food Dog and everything else you're doing. Man, you, you built a huge service company. Then you built an agency that coaches and trains those service companies. You sold that too. And yeah. now you're on the Food Dog. Uh, we, we don't have time to get into it today, but that gives me a perfect excuse to get you back here yes. so that you can tell us more about Food Dog. Man, Mike, thank you, man. Uh, love you, man. I appreciate you Thanks. being here. Thank you for serving. Uh, all of us and, 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 and pouring out all this valuable truth on uh, this, this one hour and about 10 minute episode, man, I really appreciate you, Mike.